You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly Market Talk podcast and Brexit update. Today is Tuesday the 15th of October. My name is Stuart Banks from AIB's Treasury Dealing Room and I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist to discuss the latest market developments and of course Brexit. Ollie, we're just over two weeks out from the October deadline and judging by Sterling's performance on the currency markets last week, there seems to be an expectation that a deal can be done. What's your current view? That's certainly the case. We saw a big move in sterling. We have been warning that sterling could move rapidly uh, in either direction, depending on Brexit developments. And obviously the meeting between the Taoiseach and the UK Prime Minister, uh, where they said they could see a path towards a deal or a possible deal, uh, has given rise to increasing optimism that we will get a Brexit deal. And we have seen detailed negotiations commence over the weekend between the EU and the UK in that regard. Now, it centres around moving the suggested border away from the Irish land border towards a border, border running down the Irish Sea between Northern Ireland and uh, mainland Britain. But Northern Ireland at the same time remaining within the UK Customs Union post-Brexit. So... What you're looking at is, from a political point of view, um, Northern Ireland would remain part of the UK Customs Union, but from an administrative point of view, uh, the border would be down the Irish Sea. So that gets into quite complex territory in terms of what you're doing is uh, putting, I suppose, duties on goods moving between uh, Great Britain and Northern Ireland, but those customs duties will be refunded in the cases where the final destination is, Nor- is Northern Ireland rather than the EU. So that gets quite into quite complex territory, especially if we have intermediate goods which are used in production. So they go to a factory in Northern Ireland and then they may onward process for into the EU market. How do you deal with that? So I think there is obviously goodwill all around to try and get a deal done. But there's doubts about whether that deal will be ready, uh, or the details will be ready for the EU summit later on this week on Thursday and Friday. So we may see um, another EU summit at the very end of the month to sign off in the deal if the negotiations that are currently underway uh, are not concluded in time uh, for the leaders has, or the, the the leaders summit in on Thursday and Friday. So um, Sterling though has obviously. Uh, rallied on the strength of the positive developments in regard to Brexit negotiations. If you go back to last week, the euro was above 90p. It went all the way down to 87. Yesterday, Monday, it was going back up towards 88. But it's, you know, sterling is much higher than where it was last week. Uh, now, I think, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. First of all, will we get a deal? Will it be signed off at an EU level, if not on Thursday, maybe in two weeks' time? And then will it get through the UK Parliament? So there's still a lot of uncertainty. And, uh, you know, to a large extent, Sterling has been between 87 and 91p over the last three years. I know it's dealt outside on occasions for short periods of time. But until we get more clarity and more certainty, I think we're still looking at that trading range. So maybe 87 to 89p going forward in the next uh, few days. And as we said before, if there is a Brexit deal done, well, you know, Sterling has the capacity to rally much further. The euro could drop back towards 84, 85p. On the other hand, if this comes off the rails and talks break down and no deal comes back onto the table, you'll see a very sharp sell-off in Sterling. So we're not out of the woods yet, but good progress in the last week, increased optimism that a deal will be done. And that's been reflected, as you say, in the strength of Sterling. Okay. On the uh, stock market front, last week, Ollie was a good one for global markets with a return of risk appetites. What, what's driving this? 
Well, obviously, Brexit has helped in terms of that's an uncertainty that's weighing on European markets in particular. But more broadly speaking, uh, markets have been worried about the ongoing trade dispute between China and the US, the impact that's had on corporate activity, impact on investment, uh, and contributing to the slowdown in the global economy. Uh, so we saw some progress made last week in the China-US trade talks. Some people are describing it as a partial deal. It's, it's, it's phase one. That's what Donald Trump has used it as. Um, some progress in terms of intellectual property rights, the protection of those rights. Uh, China agreed to take more of agri-food exports from the, the US uh, and the US may be holding off in terms of applying uh, further levies on exports or imports from China. So overall, it's more positive mood music, and that's seen stock markets rally. They made good gains last week, and helped also, as I say, about the positive news and Brexit. So, I mean, stock markets have been worried about the global headwinds, the slowdown of the global economy, and obviously anything that's seen as mitigating that is positive for the markets. And, you know, stock markets rallied, and bond yields actually rose, so it's, it's overall increasing risk appetite evident in markets at the present time. Okay. You mentioned uh, progress in, in uh, US-China trade talks and obviously Brexit negotiations. From an interest rate perspective, uh, we saw the release of September's minutes from both the ECB and the Federal Reserve last week. Um, is the market still looking for rate cuts from central banks? Yeah, well, as you said, the minutes were released and they sort of told us what we knew, which is central banks are divided on what to do. But I mean, the, the broad background hasn't changed, which is a weakening global economic activity, downside risk for global growth, very subdued inflationary pressures, and some dovish soundings from central banks. So in terms of interest rates, as the markets are more or less where we were last week. They're still looking for a rate cut in the UK, maybe not as quickly as we'd expected uh, uh, last week, but certainly a rate cut is priced in in the next year or more uh, into the UK markets. In terms of a run market here, the ECB, uh, the market is discounting two well, about another 15 basis points of policy easing from the ECB. They cut by 10 basis points last month. That would take the deposit rate down to minus 0.65%. The market may have been looking for slightly more than that, maybe 20 basis points, but overall it's very much the same picture. And in regard to the US, where most of the action has been, the market is still of the view that even though the Fed is very divided, uh, that they will cut rates uh, on three more occasions in the coming 12 to 15 months, taking rates down to near 1%. Uh, so what markets are really looking at is, okay, some of the downside risk may have abated, but the survey indicators are pointing to ongoing weak economic activity. We have had a slowdown in, let's say, job growth in the US. Manufacturing is in recession. Those things haven't changed. So as a result, with inflation very subdued, and we've got, we've got subdued inflation figures uh, in all the major markets, central banks have scope to act. And uh, the feeling from markets is that they will loosen monetary policy further. Thank you. Uh, on the home front, uh, the government unveiled its 2020 budget. And I think last week we'd said that it would be framed around a no-deal Brexit uh, and be quite low-key. Was this the case? Yeah, that's what happened. Um, you know, Normally in budgets we see across-the-board increases in social welfare. We see uh, cuts in income taxes. They were absent on this occasion. We saw much more modest increase in government spending. Now, having said that, uh, when you look at the budget, there were tax increases in there. I mean, people say this is a no-policy-change budget. Actually, there was, there was plenty in the budget. I mean, taxes were increased by $450 million, uh, and some significant increases. Obviously, carbon taxes are to the forefront, but there was an increase in commercial property tax, 
uh, that's the stamp duty tra- attached to commercial property transactions, uh, increase in excise duty on cigarettes. So there were tax increases. And then on the spending side, despite the government saying, well, we're, we're, we're keeping things steady here, overall government spending still increase, increasing by over 5%. Um, you know, there's public sector pay increases, big increases in particular in public capital spending. So it's a cautious budget, uh, but it's still one to be a supporter of the economy. I mean, inflation within the economy is running at less than 1%. Government spending is rising by over 5 So that's still significant. And on top of that, then, there was, uh, you know, funds are going to be set aside if we do see a no-deal Brexit. In particular, there's a £650 million, uh, contingency fund there to help sectors that will be most impacted by a no-deal Brexit. And there have been identified in terms of um, the agri-food industry, tourism, and those sectors of manufacturing that are heavily exposed to the UK market. So it's it's Brexit-proofing the economy, if you like, in the event that we are faced with a no-deal Brexit. Now, economists would argue, in any event, that a cautious pro- approach is probably the most prudent thing to do, given that the economy is close to full employment, wage inflation has picked up, uh, there's not much spare capacity in the economy. So, um, as a result, you see the Irish Fiscal Council probably you know, saying, well, actually, this is the type of budget you should be introducing anyway and keep things in reserve just in case we need to borrow extra money uh, or uh, redirect funds to help industries that would be hard hit in the event that a no-deal hard Brexit was to materialise. So, I think the uh, the budget was broadly welcomed. There wasn't too much criticism of it. Uh, it was fairly muted in terms of the response to it. And obviously, uh, within a couple of days, we had the major developments in terms of the Brexit talks. So, to some extent, the budget is nearly history at this stage. Ollie, we leave it there for today. Uh, thank you, as always, for your insights and thanks to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date on the markets and Brexit, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.